Welcome everyone. This is the Penciled In Podcast, the show where two working artists and creators chat with guests. I'm Ingrid. And I'm Lindsay. We're going to be discussing so many interesting subjects with you guys. Art, sketch cards, collecting, publishing, tools, materials, all sorts. Perhaps we can finally understand why we all do this to ourselves. Hey everyone, welcome to this new episode of the podcast. Today we're talking with Mark A. Spears, an illustrator who has worked, who has created comics. He is, he is of course worked with sketch cards. Um, he has some absolutely stunning paintings that I really would hope to talk about. He's on Fine Art America. Welcome to the show, Mark. I can't wait to to hear everything you have to say. Hello. But I was happy to be here. Hi, Mark. Well, I thought today, as usual, we like to start with a bit of history. So how did you first get into art? Were you always a very arty kid? Did you draw a lot? Yeah, um, I know. I remember when I was in uh, first grade, about six years old, uh, the teacher uh, told my mom that during the test, like you're supposed to have a test at the end of the year, you know, to show that you learn stuff and go to the next grade. And I was sitting there instead of doing the test, I was drawing bunny rabbits. Um, and they couldn't figure out why uh, I was drawing bunny rabbits. And no, but I just, I, I like doodling, drawing. Um, and then of course, uh, comic books, cartoons were huge, you know, around that time in the eighties. Uh, so, um, but I always, always gravitated toward, um, you know, art and, and comics, cartoons, drawing. Thank you favorite comic that is there, is there a comic you first saw and went wow um well hulk it was the tv show first uh, i love the the tv show and then uh i would see the the cart the cartoons and the um the comics of hulk it looked different but i, I just loved the creatures and the um i remember watching scooby-doo love scooby-doo as a kid and uh all the little monsters they had, but when they had Batman on, that was the first time I think I saw Batman at all. And seeing the Joker and, and the Penguin and Batman and Robin on Scooby-Doo, I just fell in love with it. But uh, I didn't even know they'd ever been on Scooby-Doo. Yes, it was, uh, they did these Scooby-Doo like special movie things uh, in the eighties where they would have uh, Batman and Robin, they've had Don Knotts, they would have Dick Van Dyke, uh, which at that time I had no idea who these people were, but uh, they, you know it was just like a special, maybe forty-five minute episode. Uh, it was like you know two episodes in one. Um, I watch them now. They have them on Boomerang. I still watch them. I love those. Did they unmask Batman and go, "Oh, it's Bruce Wayne"? <laughs> no, they never. He never was Bruce Wayne uh, in the whole uh, episode. It was always Batman. And they would, uh, but they were acting like, yeah, Batman exists in our world and, and all this stuff. It was great. That used to blow my mind was when I was a kid when they would do crossovers and stuff like that, especially with the Muppet, the Muppet Show or or oh, yes. any of those things like that. And it was a great way to get the people who were following each thing into whatever else it was. I thought I blew my mind. I didn't know you could do that. When I, I love the Muppet Show, and they would have like uh, Mark Hamill on as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> That blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> that was great stuff. Puppet show, brilliant. Um, so did you go on after school to study something arty afterwards or? Uh, no, 
it was weird in high school. So I took art, um, but where I'm from is a very small town and they just didn't have much stuff. I mean, the art teacher could teach me a few things, pointillism and how to draw some fruit, uh, shading and stuff like that. But after a while, she was like, hey, you know, I don't know what else, you know, I can, I can teach you here, you know. Uh, so then it was, I think I took art two, art three, uh, but I was just doing my own thing that she'd say, hey, just do this project or something. And um, so I never really got instruction, but I, I did from books. I would, uh, uh, I would get a lot of books. How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way was like a huge book. Um, I that book. I have that book. <laughs> um, when I... Let's see. So when I, after high school, I thought about going to college to do some art and uh, I looked at a couple of scholarships for art and everything. But what I wanted to do was go into comic books. And at that time, I hadn't even heard like there's an Andy Kubert school of, of uh, or Joe Kubert of uh, the Kubert comic school or whatever. But that time I hadn't even heard of that. Uh, there were no like comic courses in, in college. And my sister had took art in college and she was making like furniture, you know, because that's what they would do as an assignment, you know, make, make a, a grill, a chair now. And so she would have to do that. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to waste my time. So I decided I, I didn't go. I, I decided I would just uh, do it on my own. And uh, I submitted some stuff to Marvel and DC and what I got back was, hey, Mark, we want you to study these books. Uh, it was the Hogarth Anatomy book, uh, Dynamic Anatomy. Um, it was uh, some more like anatomy stuff and, uh, and, and drawing in general. So that's basically what I did was just study books and, and learn from that. That you got that kind of advice and feedback, though. Do you think that's yeah. something they do for everyone? Or do you think they saw the potential in your... In your work. I don't know. I don't really think they saw potential in my stuff because they, it was weird. This was before, you know, the internet. Oh man, I wish, you know, I was growing up now and been so much better. Uh, so back then it was by mail, right? So you'd have to send in your stuff and right around, I want, I want to say like 95, 96, because I had graduated in the 93. So I'm trying to get into the comic books and uh, American Online, I don't know if you remember what that the AOL was, you could get on there and chat with people. And I would uh, I would find some comic creators on there and chat with them and show my stuff on there. And they would very rude and told me never to <laughs> never send them anything else. I'll never work in comics. I, won't, I don't want to say who they were. Uh, my gosh. Oh, no. And then uh, there was a guy, and I won't say his name either, but he was the... Um, editor for Green Lantern at that time and I had sent him some stuff and uh he had wrote back a letter saying you know you'll, you'll never make it I just don't want you uh ever sending me anything else and uh you know right. please stop it's just it, your stuff's horrible so you know can't believe it yeah but he doesn't even work in comics now I looked him up a couple of years ago after I won my uh, artist of the year award <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I was looking at up. I was gonna say, oh, hey, yeah. but, uh, oh my gosh. But he doesn't even work at comics anymore. Um, but so I would I would send my stuff in because uh, I had heard, I think it was Todd McFarlane had said at that time, you know, harass them, send the stuff in every month and, and just make them notice you. So that's what I did. But it wasn't good advice, I guess, because they got mad that I was sending so much stuff in. 
Well, so around, around maybe 96, 97, uh, I come home from work. I was working retail at service merchandise. And uh, my dad said, hey, somebody called uh, from Marvel. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, what's going on? So I go look at the message, and it's the editor of Hulk. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's too late to call, but I went ahead and called anyways, and they said the offices are closed, you know, call tomorrow and all this. And I'm, I'm just sitting there that night going, yeah, I've done it. I've, I finally have broken through, and I'm going to, to draw for Marvel Con. I bet you didn't and, sleep that night. <laughs> uh, no, didn't. And I'm sitting there thinking, and of all the books, it's going to be Hulk. That's like one of my favorites, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't sleep that night. I, I just waited till it was around, you know, nine o'clock. So I figured that's about 10 o'clock in New York. I'll call. So I call and uh, for some reason it had put us, put me to the Hulk editor, but it was actually another guy. Uh, I forget his name now, um, but he was like a submissions editor kind of guy. And he gets on the phone with me. He goes, yeah, Mark, I've been trying to get a hold of and I'm like, oh, man, you know, what's this going to be about? And then he goes, look, I just want to call you because you've been sending stuff in pretty regularly every month for like the last year. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, look, Mark, uh, he goes, how old are you? And I, I guess I was like 21, 22, something like that. And he goes, well, look, Mark, I know 16 year olds better than you. And you're, you're just not improving. So I'm just calling you to tell you quit sending stuff in. You're, you're not going to get the job. You're, you're just, you're just not good enough. And I was like, well, what can I, what can I do to improve? Uh, you know, like, you know, should I study this or that? And he goes, I don't know at this point. He goes, I just don't even know, uh, you know, if you can improve. Uh, he goes, you're, you just got too much of a late start. You know, he said, if they're, if they're better than you now at that age, you're just not going to catch up. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then he goes, and then he goes through this whole speech, about 10 minutes. Uh, I'm sitting there. I got tear running down my eye. And then he goes, but wait three months, send me something in. And let me, let me see what it looks like then. And then I was like, okay, well, at least he said, said something back in three months. But I got off the phone. So heart's broken, you know, realized I, I didn't get, you know, the work that I thought I was going to get. And then I got gun shy. I didn't send anything in till 99 or 2000, somewhere around in there. And uh, at that time, I didn't hear anything back from any of them. Uh, I don't know, you know, why. Uh, I'd sit in around Christmas season, which was a bad time. But uh, then something happened where uh, eBay started taking off and you could sell original artwork on eBay around 98, 99 or so. And I got contacted, somebody saw my stuff on there uh, and it was a guy who did Big Bang Comics for image comics and saw something I did and said, Hey, uh, we would like to try you out on this to see if it would, you know, be a good fit. And I said, okay. So I did some samples and, and then I think that came out in 2002, but I did it, it did it about a year or two earlier. It just took that long for it to come out. And I've, I got published by image. So that was, you know, that was huge. I finally got that. Finally, Um, my God, I, I gotta interject here and say, First of all, for anybody who listens, you are so inspiring. <laughs> you, you know, if for anybody who keeps trying and keeps trying and keeps trying, you just got to keep trying yet again and yet oh, again. Yeah, I mean, that it, it motivates me to where when they tell me no, I'm like, okay, I'm going to show them. 
You know, that's just, I can't stand that, you know, can't stand with them and say, no, you can't. Um, but, and then when, at that time, when I would tell people, uh, I remember I went to this comic book store one time and I'm like, yeah, I want to be a comic book artist. I've been trying to send my stuff in and I got a call from Marvel that told me how bad I was. And, and they went, wait, you got a call from Marvel? Yeah, they, they, actually- they were like, I've never heard of anybody getting a call from Marvel telling you how bad you are. And I went, well, maybe that's good. Maybe they thought enough of me to call me, you know, to do that. So, but um, yeah, so after that, uh, but then it was, I still couldn't get, you know, any work from Marvel or DC or anything. Again, I was actually gun shy. I wouldn't send anything to them. I was just like, yeah. I, I wanted to do it, but I thought I would do other things. So I, I did the comic for image and then uh, let's see, started doing other things. I, I, I'd owned a comic book store at one time. Uh, let's see, that was in my, in my early twenties. And then um, I did some, uh, let's see, what, around 2004, I started uh, selling more stuff on eBay. I started doing that. Um, but that you just couldn't make a living doing that. So I'd have to have, you know, the comic book store doing other things. That was like a side thing. And I was just gun shy about sending any more samples off because I wanted to. I thought I was getting better, but I was like, I want to make sure I'm at a certain point where I know they can't turn me away. Mm. So I think it was 2006 uh, and I had stuff on, there's a, a website called Comic Art Fans. It's kind of like DeviantArt, but it was just a, I think I had a few things up there. Well, I was checking my email one day, this was around 2005, 2006. And uh, I was looking for something. So I went to my bulk folder in my Yahoo mail and I was looking for something, and all of a sudden I saw this message that said, hey, we're interested in your, your artwork stuff. So I clicked on it, and it was uh, someone from, uh, it was a company called Corgi. They made, um, they were the first people to make like the Hot Wheels car, the actual die-cast car. Oh, uh, Corgi's in, uh, I believe they originated uh, in, in uh, England over there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You like the dog, Corgi? Yeah, it's like the doll Corgi. And that's, uh, they had, the, at that time, had an, uh, an American branch or whatever. Uh, and then they were doing, um, they had got the license to do some DC and Marvel stuff. And uh, anyway, it was in my bulk folder. So I, I just, by chance, had checked that. It was going to go into my spam folder is what it was. So I, I read it and they were, this was, it was a week old. And I'm like, oh no, I bet they found somebody already. Uh, so I, I called them up on the phone. They had given me their number and they was like, well, we just about went with someone else. So I'm glad you called. And I'm like, oh man. But um, they had uh, the license to do these marble statues and Marvel gave them a list of all these artists and they looked through them and they just didn't like them. They didn't like, uh, you know, the, the, the layouts or whatever they wanted for the statues. But they saw something I did on comic art fans. They said, that's kind of what we want. So I was like, wow, you know, that to get picked over all those Marvel guys. So I was like, finally, you know, I'm getting noticed. So um, I did those. Uh, I had to fight to get my name on the box. I had to sit there. Uh, but my dad was sitting there telling me, he goes, hey, the name on the box saying this is by Mark Spears is worth more than the money that they can give you you know, extra money. So uh, you know, royalties or something. 
So what I did for, you know, to get rid of, I didn't have any royalties or anything. I got paid pretty good, but I, I just, but it said on there, like designed by or created by Mark Spears on the box. And I was like, guys, oh, this is great. Well, that's cool. That's really yeah, cool. So that, so, was a, that was a good move. A little bit of a, of a, of a, of a boil down here. Keep posting your stuff everywhere because you never know who's going to find something that they like, that they think might yes. fit the project and, and don't give up even though the internet is not new anymore and there's a bajillion, bajillion people on it, I, it's post your stuff everywhere. And, yes, that's and the... Be, and be nice. Don't be upset publicly when people refuse you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't want to burn bridges and be like, I'll never work for you or anything. So, um, But then from that, I did... Uh, they, they had me become a, a Batman concept artist where I was doing stuff for... Uh, <laughs> where I would design Batman in a certain pose and they would turn that into a figurine or, and uh, let's say like uh, Batmobiles. I did a little test for a Batmobile because they were producing a lot of those with the figures. But uh, so I got to do uh, lots of Batman and Batman related characters for a couple of years. Uh, did the Marvel line statues for a couple of years and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden I get an email from the person that, that worked over me and it was like, Mark, I just got a, uh, an email today saying that they're closing the, uh, uh, well, no, it was a merger. What happened? Uh, they merged Corgi's department with, uh, this place that at that time, I can't even remember what they're called, but they had done lightsabers. They were the first people to like make the lightsabers, uh, the realistic props, uh, I forget what they're called at that time. It's something relics, master. Uh, I don't know. This was around 2008, but they merged with that company and were getting rid of all the Marvel licenses, DC licenses and stuff. It was just going to do Star Wars stuff. And then closing that branch, it was, this was in Chicago, I think is where they were located. So, uh, uh, and this, uh, the, the person who was over me, this great lady, she had worked for Hasbro for many years and then had worked for Corgi. And then she was just going to retire after that, I think. So she moved on and she gave, uh, gave me a lot of contacts at DC direct and all these saying, you know, keep doing this stuff, Mark, you know, you're great at it. But I was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to keep doing, I liked it. It was neat. It was great money, but I was just like, no one ever really sees my stuff. Uh, you know, they see the end result statue or figurine, but they don't really see the artwork. Um, though at that time, Toy Fair magazine, uh, it was a uh, like that was out and Wizard was out. I think Toy Fair was published by the same people who did Wizard, but uh, they had published a bunch of my uh, concepts in there that I had done for uh, Corgi. Like uh, there was Daredevil Electro was in there, Colossus, uh, Venom, and all these things. So I, that was the first time my stuff had got printed in a, a magazine. I was just like tickled to death, bought a bunch of them. Um, but I, after yeah, doing all I, this, why on earth did you ever get involved with sketch cards? Well, okay, at that same time, uh, right before I was still working at Corgid and Batman stuff, when DC contacted me about doing the sketch cards. So this was around 2008, and uh, so I had just done the sketch cards before. Corgi closed up and, and merged. So I just had that come out. And I guess I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. I'm getting to do a lot of characters that I don't normally get to do. Um, 
So, but I knew that there was no career in sketch cards, but I thought, well, this will get my name out there and then I'll move on to something else. So I did the, the DC legacy set. Um, and I did, gosh, I want to say 650 cards total, uh, in a 45 day span or so. Oh my God. To the smaller size, did it come quite naturally to draw small, you know, having done comics before and things like that or. Were you like, yeah, it, it, cause it's like a panel. So that didn't really bother me. Um, and, and uh, inking, cause I'd already, um, inked and colored my work a lot, uh, especially, um, for when I would sell it like on eBay or something, but now, um, working in the industry, like for concept art, they didn't want, uh, my markers or anything like that. Um, they would be like, well, no, we want this rendered in, you know, like digital colors. So that started me doing digital stuff back then. And it was so hard using a mouse to go around there and color things. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, I hate it. it took me so long, but uh, that's how they wanted it. They didn't want it to look like it was done with markers. So, um, but the doing it small and stuff wasn't that bad. You know, I'd get the little micro pens. Um, I was in, a, I, was, I was pretty used to it, but I, Honestly, my hand would cramp so bad doing all those cards because I had to do so many in a day and I didn't want them to look bad. But you could, if you look at them, you could see about 400 look great. But the other 250, when they gave them to me at the end, you know, because I told them, I said, hey, these ain't going to look as good. I just don't have the time to to look up the references, you know, to see like what color costume this is or whatever. So I'm going to have to just like go with like face shots and stuff like this. And they were like, we don't care. We just got to have them. So a lot of them were like side shots of their faces or people that I knew like Superman, Batman. I knew exactly what their costumes were, but, um, and then it was, uh, let's see. I think on that set was, that was normal. But when I got to other sets where I could do silver surfer and Iceman on Marvel stuff, I started doing lots of Silver Surfer and Iceman and anybody who had no real color, you know, that I could get away with doing grays because again, I was getting, I was getting $5 a card and my, the Copics, which I don't know how much they go now, but the Copics were around $8 at that time where I was getting them and you could refill them, but it would take time because I would have to buy the uh, refillable stuff, get it in, then refill it. And a lot of these times it was on deadlines. I never missed a deadline. So I always uh, would try to get it done immediately. But um, I remember one time I was, I was working for Rittenhouse and it was something Marvel because I was drawing the thing and I was drawing Spider-Man. And I saw a lot of m the other artists on the set post their stuff on, I think it was Scoundrel forum thing. Yep. And I saw a lot of them would do funny things like, cartoon kind of stuff right and I was like well I could do that and that would save me so much time right so I did like 10 of those and they look at them written out looks at them, no mark uh -uh. that's not what we expect from you we want this highly detailed realistic style we don't want these and I'm I, I got me mad because I'm like okay but you're letting other people do it but and you know they can do it I mean you could do that so much quicker if you draw a uh, you know, a cartoon version of the thing, then if I draw the thing and have to draw every little rock and all the detail and all that kind of stuff. 
but um yeah that kind of got me upset with them for a little while but uh then I, I went on to uh i remember the the very first set i did though uh the guy at rittenhouse because i didn't have much contact with rittenhouse i always talked to dc so what well, year was this you were working with rittenhouse about yeah we're not when I when I first worked with DC uh, for Legacy, for some reason they controlled everything: the pay, the who oh, I talked to. Um, they are the ones who I had to send my stuff into to get it approved. Um, then then I did the uh, big cards where they wanted them painted and stuff like that. Uh, so they handled everything. I had like four contacts at DC to handle all my stuff. Never talked to Rittenhouse until I, I think it was. Uh, day after the, the set was released, um, Rittenhouse called me up and said, Mark, you know, we're very happy, you know, with how the set turned out. We're going to be doing a Marvel set soon. And I was like, oh, OK, well, that would be interesting. And he said, yeah, your stuff. We, we just the set just got released and your Joker card is up to four hundred dollars on eBay right now. I just sold it for four hundred dollars. And I'm th- sitting there thinking, well, that's neat. But I got five dollars for that Joker card. And this guy got four hundred dollars, you know. And again, the pay scale was so different. Uh, let's just say, I, I mean, this has been years ago, so I guess I can say now, when I would draw Batman for Corgi, uh, like a concept, I was getting $1,000 per picture. And this was no background. This was just drawing Batman, right? Um, I might have to, I think it was a little bit more to have him turn. Uh, so, you know, you got Batman. Then you, they'd say, okay, now we need a turnaround. We need the back, the right side, and the left side. Well, I would get paid per image. Uh, same thing for, for Marvel stuff. So you got to think, you know, going from that to getting $5 a card, it was just drastically different. And I was like, eh, I can't make a living out of this, but, you know, it'll it'll be fun. I'll, I'll get new fans because at that time I probably had no fans. Uh, so I thought, you know, get my name out there and stuff. But, um, so, but- so doing all of this, um- for that amount, because I know you're not doing it now. You don't work in sketch cards now. I think you mentioned you did it till about uh, 2015, I think. Did, yeah, I, I want to say my last really, one was 15. Do you really feel that um, it was worth your time to spend time with sketch cards? or? <sighs> no. <laughs> I guess I would say it was a waste of time, actually. Because here's the here's the thing. A waste say, of time, really. I I would say it helped me in drawing. Yeah. But not. Re- but I don't even. I, I'm totally digital now. I don't do any kind of. Uh, I, I'll pick up a pencil and sketch, you know, because I got an idea, and then I'll learn it digital. But no, because I mean, it did give me a lot of. It's hard to say. It got me a lot of. Um, experience drawing very fast now I'm, I'm still very fast i'm like considered one of the fastest artists out there but i don't know okay because at that same time okay i'm doing that i'm also selling stuff on ebay selling my own sketch cards right uh which i don't know if you're supposed to do that anymore <laughs> i don't do it so but anyways i was drawing my own like if i drew spider-man or whatever and sold it on ebay i'd get 40 50 bucks uh, if I draw it for them, I get $5. Now you might say, well, it's because you're known. No, I was, I was getting that, uh, 
I was getting that much like for pictures and stuff or a lot more than that way before I ever did sketch cards. Hmm. So it's, it was just because I think people liked the way I drew that stuff. All right. It wasn't and the, I had fans that would buy the stuff and they didn't collect sketch cards. I mean, I had like a list of guys I knew that would buy my stuff if I put on eBay. Um, cause they would, they were just collectors, but they didn't even mess with trading cards or anything. So I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was interesting cause I got to draw these characters and they were licensed and, you know, it was, that was fun, but I, I don't know. I mean, in the end, nothing came of that. I mean, it would be different if Marvel or DC contacted me and said, Hey, we really love this over here. We would like you to, you know, do that. Never got a call from them about doing anything else extra. Um, I had at that time when I was working for DC doing those sketch cards, I said, Hey, I wouldn't mind doing some covers and all this stuff or doing some comics for you. And they said, I oh, will think about that. And they never, you know, they got, there's so many people trying to do comics when you only got so many comics. I was told this when I was a teenager, they said it's to become a comic artist is almost like getting your own network show like being an actor on a network show. There's only so many shows. Yeah. This was before, you know, uh, streaming and cable. Uh, and there's only so many books. So if Marvel and DC had like 20 or 30 books, you know, each, they only have so many artists. And those artists don't want to, they don't replace them every month. You know, somebody stays on a book for years. So, so I've seen you've put on your Facebook page in particular, perhaps you have it elsewhere too. I'm not sure, but you have some gorgeous pieces that are, I think, horror-related, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely stunning. I highly, uh, highly suggest everybody who's watching or listening to go find Mark's work. It's really, really something. Do you work? What was those for? Those were probably not for a trading card set, I would imagine. No. Uh, when I worked for Corgi, uh, they were saying that their Marvel license and DC stuff would eventually end. They would have to decide to get it again, right? So they were like, hey, Mark, do you have any ideas of statues that we could do and figures uh, and stuff for cars and stuff like that that we wouldn't have to pay for, right? Because that's a huge thing, licensing, right? So I came up with this pitch because they, they want, so they wanted me to do some like Robin Hood, King Arthur sketches, right? Like, what would that look like? And I said, no one will buy these. <laughs> I said, I, I did it. I said, these look good, but no one will buy them because they don't really want those. I said, here's what you got to do. And I came up with these monsters. And uh, it was werewolf, mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula. And they looked at them. They went, these are great. But they said, but Universal owns those. And I was like, no, that's just Universal owns their versions of those. But the monsters are public domain. I mean, that's the Dracula from the book, Frankenstein from the book, and that's just a werewolf, and that's just a mummy. And they fought me a little bit on that for a few weeks, saying, nah, I don't know, we'll have to get legal to look at this. And then they said, okay, that sounds uh, pretty good. That's, you know, we might try to go with that. And then that's when they, a couple months later, they had to collapse, uh, uh, merged with, uh, I think it was Master Relics. I can't remember what they were called. But um so that I had sitting there on the back burner thinking, you know, there's these monsters that I could do eventually. And around um, 13, I think I got to a point where I was uh, developing, trying to get better at doing digital stuff uh, because I knew that that's when you, when you do other work, when they would, when I would do stuff for like uh, base cards for upper deck and stuff, everybody wants digital. That's what they would tell me. 
because they were like, eh, it just looks better when you're printing it, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I don't know how to do digital. So I'd start out using the mouse. Then I got one of those tablets where I'm sitting far away and I'm doing it here and it's showing there and I, yeah. I needed it, but it is, yeah. you know, getting used to it. Um, and then, um, let's see, I, uh, I, around 13 or so, I thought I got good enough to where I could try to do portraits of the monsters. And I did like a Dracula and a Frankenstein and a Bride of Frankenstein and stuff. And then, um, I thought they were decent enough. I mean, they weren't, I look at them now, they're horrible, but I thought they were decent enough to give me some work. So I contacted some magazine uh, companies that do the horror magazines and tried to get uh, a job doing their covers. And uh, one of them, the Monsters of Filmland wrote, which is the one I really wanted. That That's the famous Monsters of Filmland was like a huge magazine when I was growing up. They would always have these, the uh, go-go covers of uh, Basil Gogos was like the guy who would paint with all these colors on these monsters. And uh, I tried to get them and he wrote back and he said, is this traditional or digital? And I said, it's digital. Never heard from him again. Some people hate digital though. Yeah. I don't know why, you know, if you had to ask though, then why do you care? You know what I'm saying? Like, does it matter if you had to ask, it looks good enough to, well, but, that's uh, what I did get uh, a magazine. Do digital, isn't it? That's what shows you can actually work in digital if you can't tell that it is digital. Right on I, uh, Instagram account, I get a lot of people that will write me and say, "Is this digital or is this uh, is this two D or traditional? Is this a painting?" And I, I'll tell them, you know, I'm not trying to hide it. But then I do have some people that uh, were like, "Oh," and they're just upset, you know. And I'm like, I don't, you know not cheating it's you know i'm still drawing it's just uh it's I, I don't know, some people just have a I, I saw this one guy's video he tagged me in it on instagram where he's going through all these artists i guess he just saw them in his feed and he recorded it but he tagged me in this so i'm like why am i tagging this and i see him going through critiquing people's stuff right and then he gets to mine he goes oh oh that's pretty i like it like oh wait and then there's a video showing me doing some of it and uh, he sees that and he goes oh Digital. No offense, Mark Spears, but I hate digital. And what a waste like, of time. Didn't you work when yeah, he first I mean, saw it, did he? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand. I can understand if you didn't like the look of it, right? Like uh, CG effects versus practical effects. I can tell. I don't like CG, that stuff as much. Mm. But if if you like art and if it's digital or traditional, it doesn't matter if it, if you like it. That's just like uh, I don't know. That's a very it's strong just, point. If you if you like it, it, it you know if if you're a collector or a buyer or whatever, if if you like it, well then it means something to you, and that's all. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What is? May I ask? The table that's beside you is 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 there something we can see on that table? Is that a tablet, drawing tablet? Yeah, this is my uh, Wacom tablet. <gasps> Ooh. Oh my God, I love what you're working on there. Oh, that yeah, is. Yeah, cool. uh, I did this one the other day. Uh, this is the lurker, I call it. Um, I love your colors. I love I, I honestly colors. thought when I, when I looked up your work, I honestly thought it was, it was painted. Yeah. A lot of people it. think it is. And one, one major reason is because uh, I have a layer that I draw on that's like a canvas because I love the 
the grooves that a canvas gives you. I like the imperfection of the texture and it'll give you highs and lows and it'll make, you know, like your whites really pop over it, you know, because I like traditional paintings. Uh, Of course, I don't know how those guys, you know, how do they scan all those things in when they work them, you know, so big and they have to scan that in and do all this stuff. Working digitally, I'm so much faster though because of layers, mistakes, you know, I can I can fly through something versus if I did it traditional, it would take me so much longer to do. Have you ever been tandem working on two different things, one traditional, one digital, and then you swap back to your traditional and you go to your sketch pad and you try and look for the erase button? Drop <laughs> <laughs> down menu on your sketch pad and you're like, oh, yeah, I got to wear because I was doing so many sketch cards. I got to where, that's one thing I guess it, it gave me uh, by sketch card years was I, I, I got to where I just didn't even have an eraser anymore. I was like, I'm not going to erase. I'll just, now I would, I would try to erase the, when I would go over ink, cause I, I would do it, you know, I didn't paint a lot of these. I would just uh, pencil ink and color. I would uh, pencil it, then I would ink it, then I would erase it, then I would, uh, cause if I didn't, it would really hurt my markers, but uh, with the pencil. But I got to where I just either didn't make mistakes or I would incorporate the mistake. You know, if it was that bad, I would just say, I, I'm going to go with it. Well, you know? yeah, I think that's a really valuable lesson to have taken from something from sketch cards. You're utterly forced to just adapt, you know, you become a yeah. boy and you have to adapt to everything. And, and you just learn to deal with things, which is a huge lesson. Before I started in sketch cards, I had a real challenge with, finishing what I'd start that's gone now that's well, not a problem I have anymore <laughs> I mean there were there were times when I was doing sketch cards and that was uh, gosh I guess from around uh eight to 13 so we're talking about a, about a five year six year somewhere around there where I was just doing sketch cards at eBay stuff I didn't have any other projects going on and it was like I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but when you're when that's all you've got to survive on, you will do that work. I mean, I was doing as many as I could uh, at that time. I was doing the APs and selling those, you know, at the beginning of my my sketch card run. And then I would do the eBay stuff, and I was selling that. Uh, and you know what what sold? What did you know? And I would analyze it. What did I do on this one that made people want to buy this so much more over this and but I also hated doing ah. that at that time, um, you know, because you're like, I, I never want to be in that position again where I'm like, okay, you know, got to eat, you know, got responsibilities. I've got to do all these cards or I got to do these pinups and, yeah. and I hated that. Um, and I understand that feeling. Yeah. So, but, uh, but when I, when I designed those monsters in 13 and started doing those, I got diabolic cover. I did uh it was a horror magazine. Uh, they were only being published like every two months or so. I did a couple of those. Um, and then, uh, let's see, from that, then they actually closed up because print is really hard to do right now. You know, you have to have a huge audience or they they, they uh, quit doing them. But that was neat to be able to walk into Barnes and & Noble and go, oh, there's my cover. You know, I, I really like that. So um, then I got to where... I started doing, uh, let's see, uh, I started doing prints of my stuff. 
So like right now you can go on Amazon and you can see all the prints of my monsters and stuff like that. And those have taken off over the years to where uh, I got a huge audience for that. So that, that I wanted to be, to be able to draw something and be able to make money on that for years to come. Right. Because the old way was, you know, sketch cards or eBay and stuff like that, or commissions. I used to do a lot of commissions. Don't do commissions anymore. I'm so happy. I haven't done a commission in probably 16, 2016. Um, so I don't do commissions anymore because, man, I would get people to go, ah, I need the ankle at a certain angle. You got to change the, change the ankle. I don't like the ankle. And I, I, I can't stand working with people who are so nitpicky on little things, you know? So, um, but I got I want, to wear a point. Sorry, yeah. I wanted the guy dictate to me how many leaves he wanted on a branch. See, I just can't. I, I just said, I'm not doing this. You can have your money back. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Good for I you. Just, it, it's weird, but even with non-commission, I was working with a project the other day with, uh, I won't say who it is or anything, but I was doing this picture and the guy goes, oh, but by the way, Mark, before you finish it, I don't really like colors like that, like colorful colors. And I'm like, man, that's kind of what I'm known for is I'm very colorful on my stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I think if you hire somebody and they have a style, let them run with it, you know, go with it. You can have an idea and go say, Hey, this is the idea we want. We want this and this, but when you are very nitpicky, uh, then it's like, I don't, you know, that's why I just, I couldn't stand doing commissions for, for a lot of people. So um, that come to be that sorry Ingrid go on no no please go ahead go ahead the internet's working for you now so go ahead that you you could stop doing commissions and sketch cards where where did you go when you decided to knock that on the ad well um my right with the print started doing well really well I started also doing um uh sports stuff uh I was able to do um things that I, I didn't have to worry. I didn't want to have to worry about licenses and all that stuff anymore and, and all that. Cause I wanted to be able to, again, sell something many times or get more use out of one image than just do, you know, draw something for somebody. I never see it again. So I did sports stuff that I could do um, monster stuff that I own. Um, and all those would be in prints. Then uh but then again, I was doing okay, but it was just like, I wouldn't, nothing had blown up yet. You know, I was, I was getting by and I was doing other work too at that time. And then I remember in 20, right before COVID hit, uh, I had uh, leaned over to my wife and I said, I think I'm done. And she's like, done with what? And I said, I think I'm, I'm just done with the art career. I, I think I'm, I'm going to move on. And cause it just, it was stagnant, you know, nothing was going on much, uh, I, I was selling a few prints, had, had an Amazon shop and all that, but, you know, nothing had really went, you know, blown up or anything. And she was like, oh, I just don't know if you want to do that. And I was like, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to do something else. So I started uh, thinking about like, what else, what else do I want to do, you know, to make money and, and all these things. And then a COVID hit, which is, you know, weird that all that happened. But when COVID hit, I was like, okay, I got a little bit extra time then. Uh, maybe I should give, you know, drawing one more chance. And that's when I started. I said, okay, I think I can, uh, cause I hadn't drawn 
anything like a print wise, I think besides a football print or something in like a year or two, I was just like, not, not interested in doing it. And then I said, okay, I'm going to do my monster stuff one more time. Uh, so I started doing monsters, uh, started showing them on Facebook and showing them on Instagram. I think at that time I would put some on Instagram. I would get like five likes and I had probably a hundred or 200 followers. Uh, and I, I started doing that stuff, but people would, uh, started getting a lot of feedback, man, this is, this is far superior than your other stuff. It's getting a lot better. It looks really good. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just gun shy. Maybe I should put it out there more. So uh, I started uh, doing the prints, getting more prints out there and people started buying those. Um, and, and then I started doing, um, let's see, started putting stuff on Instagram. Uh, then I had an idea around October of that year because everything's starting to look pretty good. I'm getting a lot of, uh, um feedback and i'm building a little bit of momentum people are like man i love this i love this and i think it was uh, around october i decided you know what i could put these on trading cards and make it like a retro trading card from the 80s because i used to love trading cards and then the sketch card thing came in and you know kind of yeah. uh just changed it all but i used to love the old sketch card i love the old cards with bubble gum and i like the old top stickers where they were die cut and all that stuff so i was like i could put them on cards but it would cost a lot of money but what if i did a kickstarter and i already have all this art so i did a kickstarter and never done one before started a kickstarter and i think i had said i wanted like 13,000, something like that. Cause I had asked the people I'd researched and they said, well, that's how much it's going to cost Mark to do. They actually told me like 20 something thousand, but I was like, I could put up some of my own money, but if I could get 13, I could do it. Well, I started that out and in a week or two, I get so many much feedback from the Kickstarter people saying, this is outrageously expensive. And why are you doing this? Why are you, do we don't want these kind of cards. We want this kind of cards. And I'm like, don't know what you want you know they were like why are you offering this you shouldn't offer that and where's your complete sets and blah 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 blah. and i'm like i think i messed up so i canceled the kickstarter then i spent a week figuring it all out again getting a new quote from the printers and then i say okay now i just want five thousand dollars and i'm just gonna put up the other money myself and i'm doing it the way i want to do it and then that one ended i think at fourteen thousand so it, it gave me enough money to do it and everything. Uh, and it was, it was huge. Uh, it was right when it came out. Um, a lot of people got it. Uh, besides, I, I sold them on Amazon, sold them on Walmart. Uh, a lot of people bought them like just for me off of Instagram and stuff. And a lot of people, uh, famous people would get them. Um, like uh, if you've watched the Suicide Squad, the Polka Dot Man, he got some, uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Uh, anyways, he's the, I forget his name, David's something. I forget his last name now, but he had got some and gave them to other people and stuff. And then uh, um, there, there's a lot of uh, special effects guys that have won awards and stuff. They started getting them. And uh, so a lot, a lot of different people uh, was spreading it around like, hey, these are really good. Um, I think I'm almost sold out. That that came out last year, and I think I'm uh, in 2020. 
but they came out in 2021. I can't even remember now. I think they're out about a year and they're the red boxes have sold out. And I think on purple, I only got like 10 left. And then I got a few blaster boxes and stuff. But um, then uh, right after that, I won the Horror Artist of the Year Award in 21. Um, so that was a Rondo thing. That's like what all those horror people go after. And, and that was that was really cool because that meant like, hey, what I'm doing, people are liking. Um and then from there, I started uh, doing more stuff. So now it's just gotten to where. Uh, so what you're what you're doing now is you're focusing on your own work and the Kickstarters, and uh, is that what you see for the foreseeable future? Yeah, um, I basically got my own business uh, for the the trading cards, and I'll I want to keep continuing that because I got so many fans who want that. You know, they're like, Mark, we gotta right. we gotta have these. So uh, I plan to do one or two trading card sets next year. I got one coming out next month. Um, and then, and I'll probably continue to Kickstarter for them just for pre-orders. Uh, you know, that way I just know how many I need to get in a print run. Because yeah. I never want to reprint them. Uh, this la latest one coming out next month, I even have them all numbered. Like you will know when you get a card, it'll say this many out of, you know, this is like 27 out of 100. So I wanted a more collectible like that. How many sets um, do you produce of each? Like how many how many sets within each set do you produce? I don't know. I don't do it like uh, the other guys, like parts in them. I actually do them like uh, retail. Uh, so they're in a box. So well, here's a blaster box. So here's a blaster box. Okay. Right. So this will have uh, what did this have? Eight packs in it. Eight packs in it, but eight packs inside. So you would get a pack, which you don't have a pack. But here's a here's a pack of the uh, Chrome cards. These are sold out. I think this is the last pack that exists now. Um, they but they would be packs inside, and you would uh, it's random. You know what you're going to get. So because I. I saw a lot of guys do the sets, like you're saying, like, I think the um, Tony does like, uh, Tony Perna, don't he do, like, it's a set, you're buying everything in that and you get some sketch cards too and stuff or. But like, uh, uh, do you have like, uh, do you have like X amount of boxes to sell, for instance, I don't know, 50? Yeah, I, to get, like to get printed, like this one, we had about a thousand boxes. Uh, of not not of these of the big boxes like uh that was her but so the box this is be a hobby box so this is the red this is the one sold out and my dog went and hurt the <laughs> i was saving this one um so this would have uh 20 packs inside um but now this, for this one, a lot of people were saying, but I want a complete set. So what I did on the first series was have a, a thing where you could get a complete set, a base set inside every box of a hobby box. So that was kind of neat. But then I had a lot of people go, man, I don't like that. I want to collect them. So if I buy two of these, I'm getting the same cards. Oh, you can't right? you can never please everyone that you, you can't. So <laughs> this last set, I was like, I'm doing it my own way. And yeah. I didn't have one person say, I don't like this or that. And I was like, that's what I got to do. You can't, if you're wishy-washy and like, I don't know, should I do it this way or that way? So I, um, 
I do have a sentence coming out. Uh, I so see. wanted to hear all this, but my connection keeps going. I'm going to have to go back and watch this episode to see. <laughs> oh, it's worth it, Lindsay. It's lots of cool stuff. But it's all stuff I want to know, and I want to yeah. ask questions. I've missed it all because my connection keeps dying. But sorry, carry on. Okay. <laughs> the uh, but yeah. So basically, I got a trading card um, business going on. I'm also doing um, which now I'm in a, a position where I can take on projects, not for money anymore or not for the money of how much it would be. So um, I'm trying to get into doing some combat covers. Um, I'm, I'm going to be doing something like that. I can't say who yet, but that'll be this late this year, early next year. And then I've got, uh, I got a Vampirella cover coming out. Uh, that'll be out in October, I think. And then okay. I've got uh, Red Sonia, I think. I've already done it. I don't know if that got approved yet, but that would be out this huh? year. Um, also, I did uh, one other kind of big thing. Uh, the Spirit Halloween movie uh, that's got Christopher Lloyd in it, that's coming out in October. And I did the uh, the poster for that. Um, <gasps> oh, wow. So, also, I did some... Uh, <laughs> what, what happened was, what was weird is they... Uh, the direct or actually it was one of the producers or something had contacted me about putting the cards in the movie uh, when the cards came out last year. And uh, I was like, okay, so I sent him a box of a couple of boxes of cards, some prints, all this stuff. And then there, somebody was making a mask of my Frankenstein uh, at that time too. So we sent him that uh, and he says, yeah, in the uh, kid's room, cause it's kind of like a movie like Goonies and uh Goosebumps and all that, but you know, scary version. It's hard to say, but it's kind of like an '80s movie to me. Yeah. Uh, the, what uh, what I've seen of it, and uh, but in the kids' room, he collects like horror stuff, and he has my cards. He's got one of my Frankenstein pictures on the wall, and, and wow. all that. So I was I was thrilled that that was happening. Well, then I I start talking to the director, and I was like, hey, I just want to make sure before I tell people that this is in that movie, did you cut it? You know, cause they cut things all the time. He goes, oh, absolutely not, Mark. It's in the movie. We loved it. Well, thank you so much. Cause that's the first time I talked to the director. And then he was like, hey, are you interested in doing the poster? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> so I did the poster. Uh, there's two different versions. The, the teaser's out right now. The full poster they haven't released. They'll release sometime in September. You gotta give me the links to everything and I'll put them in the description box below. Oh, okay. And then what? there's, um, they, I did these other things, these cards. Uh, okay, so basically because there's my cards are in the movie, they were like, hey, how about we take the monsters that are in the movie and you do them in your style and that's how we'll release to the public that these monsters are in the movie. Like they'll put them on social media. Genius. Cool. So uh, I did those. I did four total. They put them out on Instagram. I think they put them on Facebook um, and they, they went over really well. Which also got my name out there, you know, to Screen Rant and, and comicbook.com and all that kind of stuff. So that was great. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was awesome. Uh, and then hopefully this will end up having a sequel. And if it does. Uh, You'll you know, be in the movie. I'll, I'll probably, I'll try. Um, because I love that the director, David, he's awesome. And uh, he loves my work. And I can't wait to go to the premiere. I get to go to that. And uh, wow. So, so I, you know, that was, that was the thrill. I would like to do more 
movie poster stuff, uh, stuff with movies. Um, and then again, like the comics, I like comics. They've changed a lot the, over the years, but there's some comics I like. Uh, so I wouldn't mind doing a few things with those. But my own stuff, I want to do a comic book eventually of my monsters in my painted style, digital style, a whole book of it. That would look awesome. Fabulous. Where can people find you? We're going to have to slowly close this out. Where can okay. people find you to find all this cool stuff? Okay. Uh, on Instagram, uh, it's Mark Spears Art. Okay. And again, I started there, like I told you, like in 20 with like a hundred, couple hundred people. I can think the other day I got 25,000 followers now. So my stuff's blown up, which I'm, I'm just very tickled. Oh, you deserve it, man. You really um, On Facebook, I got a few on Facebook. So it's, uh, of course, my regular, like regular accounts, Mark's, what is it, Mark A. Spears, I think. I think <laughs> it's Mark bit. A. Spears, yeah. And then I have Mark Spears Monsters is on Facebook. And I think there's Mark Spears art on Facebook too. It's hard for me to keep track of all three of them, but I try to post some stuff over there. I post the main majority of my stuff on Instagram uh, because I have a lot of followers there that want to see it. Um, and then I think there's still stuff over there, deviant art and stuff. I just don't really have the time to post a lot of that stuff. Uh, I need a I need to get somebody who will just go and post all my my stuff out there. And, well, you're big uh, enough to have an assistant now. That's I, I know. That's what I need to do. Um, be fun. Lindsay, have do to, you have anything uh, you would like to ask before we close this out? Tell everything because I didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was oh, all. Like, you should have seen me. I was sat here just like this. No, I'm going to watch the episode intently and to see everything that you said. Because um, it seems like you've gone the direction that I'd really like to go in, you know, in producing your own cards and, you know, not working for other people anymore. And Well, I, the best advice I can give anybody, especially if you want to leave sketch cards, is uh, this was told to me. Uh, another thing that happened, nothing's happened with it yet, but Nacelle, the people that uh, did the, the toys that made us and the movies that made us on Netflix, they have a, I did a shopping agreement with them of when my car series came out of all my original characters. So, you know, to develop into toys or, um, you know, uh, shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but nothing has happened with it, you know, but that's, it was still good to, to do that so far. But uh, they were telling me, you know, do your original stuff, you know, do your own thing because, and, and that's what, because if you, create characters for something else or do something great for another company, you're just helping them out. You're yeah. not helping yourself. So if you can do it and it's your own stuff, your own company, your, your own creation, then you're, you're doing something for yourself. So Mark, that's what I would suggest. I would really, really, I think we both would like it if you could really come back perhaps in October or something when you have some of your stuff yeah. coming out and you can maybe let us know how it's all going and uh, okay. some more work and all of that. This has been a huge pleasure to, to listen to you and to listen to your story. I'm so glad you're, you're getting somewhere with all this after hearing all the work you had to go through. Yeah, a lot of setbacks, but it was worth it in the end. So. Uh, yeah. I love your attitude as well. Just carry on, keep going. <laughs>
keep going. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you're you're inspiring and uh, quite sensitive when you're a young man, can't you? And you have all these people saying stuff like that to you. It could destroy a person. Oh, yeah, it's 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 rough, but um. But yeah. you 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 managed to get through it, and now you can laugh at them all. <laughs> oh yeah, now now it's I look those people up too. I don't forget about them. I look them up. A lot of times they're not working in the industry no more, so it's like, you know, I win. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, Mark. Good on you. So I'll I'll be in contact with you or contact one yeah. of us, and can't wait to. And I'm going to be asking you for more details after we turn this off because okay. I want everyone to be able to find you. Okay. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you again. Are oh, you welcome? Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please leave a review wherever you listen. This helps people find us. All links to guests or sites mentioned will be in the show notes. You can find Lindsay on Facebook at Lindsay Grayling Sketch Cards or search for Cartoon Cosplay. You can find me at IngridKVHardy.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Ingrid.KV.Hardy. This podcast is independently funded, meaning the costs come from our pockets. If you'd like to help with even just a couple of dollars, become a patron at patreon.com slash IngridHardy. Music and audio editing for this podcast is done by Victor Besset. If you have any feedback on today's episode or want to suggest a question of the week, email us at thepenciledpodcast at gmail.com, tweet us at inpenciled on Twitter, or on Instagram where we are at thepenciledpodcast. We'd love to hear from you.